This is Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup on Backheel.com with your hosts, Mark Fishkin, Dave Martinez, and Dan Dickinson. It's Seeing Red, the New York Soccer Roundup. We are live on a Tuesday night. It's 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Mark Fishkin, Dave Martinez, Dan Dickinson. It's the full Voltron happening. The New York Red Bulls are still undefeated. We are here to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about. And, goodness gracious, we have our first caller lined up already. Bring it. 914, you're on Seeing Red Live. Hey, how you doing? Uh, this is uh, Matt from Brooklyn. Hey, Matt, how you doing? What do you want to talk about on Seeing Red Live tonight? I'm doing all right. So I was at the game on Sunday, which, you know, ugly draw. I mean, I'll take it for what it is. But yep. you really can't help but notice that... So they announced in the crowd, it's like, you know, 20 plus thousand, but it definitely didn't look that, you know, 15, 16,000 at most. Um, at this point, you know, like, I'm not saying it's like, you know, Chris Heck bad, but do you <laughs> think that there has been like any legs with the Red Bull out movement, you know, saying that, hey, we are, you know, not, you know, coming in because we are upset with management and, you know, just want to see a change? Or is it just like the regular doldrums that you would expect from this team, you know, and not picking up, uh, you know, until like uh, June, July. Well, I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and I'll and I'll ask my um, erstwhile co-host what they think in a minute. But um, I think I think it's a part of uh, everything. I think it's part of not having a big name on this team. A, I think it's partly because yeah, there are. For my estimation, easily thousands of people that said, I'm out, that said after Petke was let go that that was the last straw and they're done. And, and we've talked about this on previous shows, but they will count as paid attendance all season long because they have paid their season tickets and they're not there. And I'm not just talking about South Ward people because there's a lot more people uh, that have season tickets outside the South Ward than inside. So that's my take. Dan, Dave, anyone else want to take another shot? Dan, go for it. I mean, we spoke a little bit about this, so uh, you, you give them your thoughts. We, we talked about it, so you're throwing to me? Thanks. Uh, well, listen, because <laughs> you got to go to the brains first before I start with my, with my rambling. So please, Daniel. <laughs> I, I think that uh, it, it looked like the typical announcement versus actual gap that I've seen over the last few years, which is about 4,000. If I'm eyeballing, you know, attendance, it's always I, – I would read it as being 4,000 less than whatever they announced. So, you know, the lower bowl was, was pretty full and the upper, the upper deck didn't have the usual, you know, completely empty sections, but it was certainly scant. So I, I think it's, a, you know, this team has always had attendance issues in the first two months of the season. I think it will pick up in the summer. I'm sure there's some, you know, Red Bull out, uh, Petkey firing related um, holdouts who have season tickets who just aren't going to show up. And you've got your usual group of, of scalpers and corporate buyers who just aren't showing up. Dave, what do you think? <laughs> Thanks for throwing it back, Dan. I, I, look, I, for this particular match, I agree with everything Dan said. Beginning of the season, it's always a little bit tough for the Red Bulls to get fans motivated to come to the stadium. And, and I think that's, uh, that's a problem throughout Major League Soccer. For this particular match, though, when you're talking about that 20K number, I think it's important for the organization to present that as, as, as the paid figure because of the opponent. You know, you're talking about the LA Galaxy. You're talking about a, a ceremony for Juan Pablo Angel. And oh, hello, Mike Petke's in the booth. I mean, there are so many things that were going on this Sunday. I, I don't necessarily blame them for coming out and saying, well, you know, we have 20,000 sold. Uh, it's a vibrant atmosphere. The 1% derby is, is as alive as ever. Now, having said all that, it's clear to anybody with a couple of eyeballs that there were about 4K off the mark, uh, which is fine. You know, we'll see how things are as the season progresses. Uh, what I'm surprised about, Mark opens up the show. We're not necessarily putting down any kind of platform here in the first question about attendance when honestly I look at this club and it should be about the positivity of the results <laughs> the way and, and, and that's why I bring up attendance that the Red Bulls are playing the best type of soccer that I've seen you know in years and honestly like, uh, a type of play that you know we've been demanding for you know and I'm not saying questions in number 10 or anything like that but they have a wonderful triangle I mean you know Grella Zisso they're both completely and totally worthless and you know music is shipped off <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, outside of that, uh, they are, you know, playing like, you know, free, free-flowing attacking soccer, yes. like an energy drink. Do you, and do, you, do you remember, do you remember Hans Baca promised it? 
didn't deliver. Yeah. Mike Pence, as bold as he is, promised it, didn't deliver. And here you are with a person, Jesse Marsh, who, as you said, was ridiculed for comparing the team to an energy drink. But honestly, they kind of do look like they're overdosing on the Red Bull right now. They're, they are choking opponents out to have... Omar Gonzalez, after the match, talk about how difficult it was for him to defend because he's looking at four or five players on the attack. That is what has impressed me as well, and that's the first time I've seen a player talk about it. But they're choking. You you see, it's it's Wright Phillips on the front. You have the two wingers on the side, and there's always a Dax McCarty or Felipe trailing behind. There's four or five people on four defenders consistently. It's It's a great tactic that they're doing now is it is this is my worry my worry is how sustainable is it going to be you can't run the way that they're running and press the way that they're pressing and expect that to last through the summer months we know what happens in harrison in the summer months things tend to slow down under 90 degree weather that's when i want to see jesse marsh adjust listen now we got lots Matt, we got lots of callers. Thank you no so much for your call. Uh, it's something we'll be watching, and I guess so. Thanks so much for calling in, seeing red. And I guess when the team's undefeated after six, we got to complain about something. Area code nine zero eight. You're on seeing red. <laughs> What's up? It's What's... Paul. Hi, Paul. How are From you? One energy drink to another. There you there go, Paul. There he Paul. is. So, Paul, what's your uh, question? My uh, question slash comment is. Uh, Besides all those uh, pessimists out there, do you think that besides the attendance numbers, do you think there will be a, like a more high-energy vibe from the fans outside of the South Ward and less of less so Red Bulls and more of people that will continue talking about the team during the week and not just game day? Well, when when you mean people, Paul, who exactly do you mean? Do you mean media? Do you mean... Media, like... Basically, media. I mean, it seems like Big Brother over across the uh, Hudson River is getting a lot of spoke, uh, like uh, media attention. I mean, that is sure. good for the Red Bulls, but I mean, they're they're kind of like getting everything, and then all these stadium things that have been coming up today. I mean, why well, are they coming to uh, this? Kind of is going back to the attendance. Why are they coming to a Red Bull Arena? Then I mean, the nice game in whole league. Listen, there's not a whole lot more uh, than the team could do to generate interest around the the local media. And I've seen over the last couple of weeks, whether it was the really nice story by by, uh, Christian Dyer, friend of the show in the Times, uh, on Sunday before the game, and then a nice wrap-up after. Uh, Red Bulls players have been appearing on local news morning shows and late-night newscasts, so... I have to say, I, I'm seeing the needle start to move. The question, Hi. wow. The question is, go to bed, does, Paul. Go to bed, Paul. The question <laughs> is, Mom, I'm going to take the trash out in a minute. The question is, when does that uh, translate into fans in the stands? Dan, what do you have to say? I, I think you're right, Mark, and I would I would press that outside of. Uh, Dave choosing poorly written editorials from opinionists uh, to run on his site. There hasn't really been that much. uh, What was it you called it, Paul? Big Brother team coverage as of late outside of, boy, they're not doing well. Um, So, you know, there's there's certainly still a a general buzz, but it's not – I haven't seen it be the avalanche that it was at the beginning of the season. And then I have one second comment. I mean – Tomorrow it's the CONCACAF Champions League final, and uh, with the Montreal Impact being in it and uh, seeing their record attendance numbers, I understand it's a championship game. But just for league-wide, is, there, is this say they win? Is that going to transition to anything better for the league, or is that going to really be like, really, it, they're going to kind of be like dormant? Well, it's a it's a feather in the cap for the league. That's it. That's why you see all these rumors jumping about. Uh, you know, Montreal needs a keeper. They're going to get Sean Johnson. They're going to get Nick Romando. It, it and it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility for the time that those rumors lived, because Major League Soccer is invested in this. They need to show that they're a regional power. The only way to do that is to compete in a global tournament like they're going to. That's what they're trying to get get at here. They're trying to get to the Club World Cup. 
And if Montreal is uh, the vehicle to get there, so be it. Uh, That's all it really means for now. It's going to be a feather in the cap of the league. It's going to be something to brag about regionally. And uh, it'll add some respect to Major League Soccer, which is consistently looking for it. Paul, listen, thanks so much for calling. We've got a lot of callers to get to tonight. We we appreciate your fervent enthusiasm. Yes, thank you, sir. If you want to talk to Seeing Red Live, thank you, Paul. If you want to talk to Seeing Red Live tonight, the number to call is 347-756-6276. Or if you're Robert Hack, 347-756-6276. It's Seeing Red Live. L.A. came in here to Red Bull Arena Got an early goal. Uh, New York fought back for the tie. We got another caller. It's area code 347. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hello, it's Anthony from Inwood. How are you guys doing today? Anthony from Inwood, the soon-to-be-in-the-shadow-of-NYCFC. What's yeah, going on? Inwood's in the news. Soon-to-be in the shadow of NYCFC. Right now I'm in the shadow, well, in two weeks I'm in the shadow of uh, USL Red Bull 2. There you go. There you go. What do you want to talk about tonight? So, um, one quick comment about the attendance that I've noticed, um, and this is actually not a negative. Uh, so, the New York Red Bulls are one of only three three teams in New York City in all the sports that play outdoor games in March slash April. All of those teams have relatively lower attendance in those months because most of the time, people here in New York City are just freezing. They don't want to go out. Um, Mets Yankees on Friday was a good example of that where you had a very high paid number. I think they claimed like uh, 48,000 for that game. But when you watch it on television, of course, it was, it was probably somewhere near 20,000. So I think there's a lot of exaggeration when it comes to uh, those numbers. It's very different when you look at it in July or August or closer to outdoor sport weather like sure. the NFL. Yep. Um, so I was wondering first what you guys had to think about that. And then, uh, and then I'll make a comment about the actual uh, MLS teams. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Opening day usually gets a usually usually gets a very big crowd, and then you usually have this trough, especially for spring weeknight matches, which of course we're going to have tomorrow night. And let me tell you something, folks: there is not going to be a big crowd tomorrow night at Red Bull Arena. There is going to be a very small number of human beings in in the house. So I think there's certainly something to that. And then we see over the, as the the weather warms up, the warm winter months, there's definitely more going on so uh, yeah I, I i think there's probably a bit to that of course no one bats an eye when the yankees or the mets draw you know twenty five thousand on a cold thursday night because they've been doing that for decades upon decades uh every time the red bulls play a game and it's a referendum on whether this uh, experiment is working guys 81, any thoughts 81 games against how many 18 it's it's a little bit it's a little different, but you're absolutely right about the midweek matches. And uh, it's going to be under the specter all season long, comparing the NYCFC and the Red Bulls and the Cosmos attendance. Uh, it, it comes with the territory, man. And uh, and you're absolutely right. Look at the weather at this time of year. People just don't want to go out except for reporters who are begging for a beating and supporters who are there always. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Again, my judge of attendance, my judge of success of a club usually comes at the end of the season. And come the end of August, September, October, when MLS actually means something, I think then we'll get a better idea of, of who matters in the market and who doesn't. You know, of course, we've also got three home games in a 12-day span, and that, frankly, doesn't help all that much. But, uh, but nevertheless, Anthony, you had one, quick more, one more quick comment? Yes. Uh, well, actually, more of a question. International Cup games that are happening in July, there's a lot of people, and I don't know if you guys also just – no, think of how terribly these games are. I, for one, think this is actually a great opportunity. <laughs> yes. Um, these games, I believe these games are shown on Fox Sports, um, or I don't know if they're taped delayed or not. I can't remember exactly what they were last season. But why are we not looking at this as an opportunity for foreign markets or perhaps cheap play, play, uh, places to see these, these, this team play? Because we are spoiled. Because we're spoiled. So spoiled. We live in a bubble, man. I talk to Dan Dickinson about this all the time. We are in the bubble of soccer. We're into it. We know what's going on on the day-to-day. So we tend to become uh, Euro snobs in our own right when you have these friendly matches that mean absolutely nothing. And we see people wearing foreign jerseys on our soil. It, it seems to bother the most common of the, of the supporters. But I think that there is 
it's an outreach for American soccer as a whole to have these stars come to this side of the globe. I, I don't begrudge any of it. I think it's, it's, it's great. My opinion is not necessarily speaking for the show, clearly, but I just think it's, it's just a spoiled factor, man. We, we get so much in this city as far as uh, attention and star power and what have you. And uh, sometimes we take it for granted. That's, that's and if we take. win, it means nothing. And it means if nothing, we win, it right. Means, yes. And if we lose, it means we're the worst of the worst. There's no win. There's no win. In it. Just wait until they match up against Chelsea. If they beat Chelsea, Red Bulls are going to win MLS Cup. And if they lose, it didn't matter anyway. Did somebody get hurt? It, it's, it's part of the game, man. Anthony, thanks so much for your call. We really Thank appreciate you listening and calling in. And I know that we have uh, lots and lots of callers that are trying to get through. Uh, Trevor is doing their uh, his absolute best to get people in and out. If you call, let's just have a quick chat, and off you go. We'll get more uh, fans in on Seeing Red Live. Area code 917, you're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, this is John Paros. How are you, gentlemen? John Paros. How are you? <laughs> Great. Listen, it's such a pleasure to be on the phone. You guys are the holy trinity of soccer punditry in the New York metropolitan area. John, you it don't is... have to you don't have to kiss our butt unless you're writing an email, but we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys are great, and I and, uh, finally got through. It took me about fifteen minutes to get through. It's, it's a lot of de- lot of demand. What what can we? What do you well, want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about our beloved Red Bulls out there. You know, as you know, I'm Mr. Positive about the team and <laughs> about our coaching and everything that's going on with our team. And um, i got to tell you, it's been, uh, for me, it's been a heck of a surprise that they've uh, started out this well. Now, whether or not we can sustain that is a completely different story. But, you know, I can't say anything other than positives about what they've been doing. And uh, i got to tell you, I am... It's hard for me to say it, but I have been wrong, and uh, that's the reason I wanted to call. You are admitting over the entire internet, John, that you're wrong. You're a bit. You're a bigger man than I. Do that. Well, yeah, physically and mentally, yes, I am. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great start, and uh, I, I think this is certainly beyond anyone's expectation. If you had asked the night after the town hall, hey, we're going to go undefeated through almost the end of April, I can't imagine anyone would have uh, uh, said, yes, that's definitely going to happen. But uh, So uh, let me ask you this, John. Let me ask you, where is the club's greatest deficiency right now? Well, for, for me, I, I do believe that um, the question marks have to be Right now, in the uh, right back position, that's Duval. I think he's a. Uh, uh, right now, he is a. I guess the best way to say it is a work in progress. Um, he's had issues there. I think, uh, in in a way, we've been lucky uh, to start the season that we haven't been too exposed from uh, in that um, in that area. And that's the worry I kind of have coming. Tomorrow is is not going to pose that much of an issue for us, but. But um, uh, against New England, I think uh, that's something that we should uh, be of concern about with uh, with that position. So, you know, I think right back is an issue. Um, I'm, I'm satisfied with Grella and, and Zizzo, what they've been doing so far. I'd like to see an upgrade uh, on that side. Um, but uh, generally speaking, I think uh, overall, I think we've been good. I think we lack a little bit of depth. Um, I think we do see it when, um, you know, uh, in, we might see something, uh, some weakness this week with the three games in seven days with our depth. But uh, generally speaking, I think um, that if we can focus moving forward on improving the right back, whether it be improving Duvall himself or uh, perhaps uh, thinking about making a switch there and uh, upgrading our position on the left back, I think we're, we'll be in good position to. Uh, like I said, before the season started, I do think we're a playoff team. Um, whether or not we can stay healthy enough to uh, sustain a decent run remains to be seen. But um, all I can say is I'm happy. I'm happy being a Red Bull fan and you know seeing what they're doing. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied. Not John, to mention the... Uh, yeah. John Peros is happy. And, 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 and I think that's the best news we've heard all night. John, listen, thank you so much for calling in to Seeing Red. We really appreciate it. It's great to hear your voice. Thank you. Have a good one. All right.
My little brain is hoping that you guys can call 347-756-6276. Area code 267, you're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Well, how many listeners do you have in Philadelphia, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) More every day, John. More every day. Welcome to the show. Pleasure. Listen, I wanted to ask what you guys think of New York City FC trotting upon your turf in Manhattan. Uh... Dan, you want to start this off? Uh, I mean, it is funny that it, uh, Andy Doss's piece was the exact same location as uh, the Red Bulls 2 are going to be playing most of the season. But um, it, it's wait, wait, hard. Wait, hold on, Dan. Was that, a, was that some kind of farm club joke? That's no, 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 no. Not at all. Just Not making all. sure. Just make, Come continue. on, dude. Continue. <laughs> um, you know, I think it... It's not an ideal location for anybody, not, not Red Bulls too, let alone uh, the blue team. But, um, you know, if they, can, if they can somehow squeeze that in and deal with the Inwood uh, NIMBYs, it, it, they, they have to get their own home somewhere. And if you're going to be on the nor- uh, northernmost tip of Manhattan, so be it. I mean, uh, it doesn't really feel like it's a, a big change from where they are in the Bronx for me right now, though. I think Inwood Nimbies is my new favorite hipster band. Um, also, <laughs> you know, right on the, <laughs> I got the laugh. Uh, I, I think you know, have being right on Spite and Dival there, right on the river. Um, you know, it could be an interesting thing. I remember taking the the, the Yankees and Mets uh, ferry back in the day when I lived in the city to go see those guys play. It'd be kind of fun if they built a boat dock there because it's a very isolated spit of land it is absolutely the top of manhattan island and it's it's going to be i mean not that anyone goes to columbia football games and i mean that with absolutely no disrespect they they draw very poorly i i can't imagine what it would be like i mean you think the path station is bad wait till twenty five thousand people are trying to get on the one train i mean that on a saturday yeah on a saturday i mean that would be a nightmare so yeah, best of luck to them. If that's they can, the best they can do in the five boroughs, uh, that'd be great. And after all, they are the only team playing in the five boroughs, except for the Cosmos, who are playing in Brooklyn on Saturday. Now, John, are, are you asking about this because you're worried about them infringing on the Union's Riverside views and <laughs> occasional oh, ball? Oh, God, no. No, not the least. I, I, it's funny. I've actually been to Columbia's athletic facilities up there a couple of times. It's not as bad as you make it out to be. It's not. No, I don't as, think. I don't think that they're saying that it's as bad as. Uh, they're not making it sound bad necessarily, but logistically, there are issues. Uh, thinking that they'll oh, be. Yeah. Able to, but, go ahead. Consider this: if you're coming from Westchester County, mm-hmm. or Connecticut, you're going to take the the uh, take Metro North, get off on Bob the Hill, and come down the other way. Right. That's true. Yep. No, I mean it does open up. It does open up another market. Absolutely, uh, it could be a nightmare for the people that drive in, since I'm such a heavy driver. Uh, it the station there would have to be accommodated as long as the subway, as far as the subway goes, uh, for a larger audience. And the land itself is is small for a twenty five thousand seat arena. If they decide to downsize their expectations, fine, they could work out. But uh, logistically, it's it's a difficult proposition. And you also have to wonder, what does Columbia have to gain here? I mean, they're going to have to, like the Cosmos at Hofstra, right? Hofstra has full reign, full rights, full ownership of the land. Will at any week tell the Cosmos, look, your NASL game doesn't matter because we have a job fair coming. I mean, literally, this is what the conditions you have to work out. So it's not as easy as, oh, we like Columbia, let's jump onto that boat. It's, it's going to be a tough proposition for NYCFC no matter what. John, listen, we'll, we'll, in, in the spirit of actually talking about the New York Red Bulls on Seeing Red tonight, I will offer you a second question if you would like to actually talk about the team. Yeah, as, <laughs> as people as people um, people come around to Jesse Marsh yet, at the first last time I tried to call under the show, I couldn't get in. Yeah, they asked whether people were throwing Jesse Marsh under the bus. No, the I don't. Started. Yeah, I don't think people threw Jesse Marsh under the bus. I think they were really taking a wait-and-see approach. And I think, obviously, a month and a half into the season, with the results that the team has got, I think everyone... I think fans are seeing the players say how much they're on board and how all-in they are. And 
and frankly, I mean, they are, right? The, the players have completely bought into the system. They're, they're showing their discontent when they play well but don't get all three points. They're showing their frustration when they get all three points and don't play very well. And I think fans have taken very, very quickly uh, to Marsh, and I think the results have a lot to do with it. I mean, I, I don't... I don't think uh, he he can approach the the South Wards uh, a more for Mike Petke yet, but it, it really has only been six games. But I think uh, I, I think he's off to a great start. I think also as as I spoke to Russ McKenzie this week in the press box uh, from Last Word on Sports, uh, we we're talking about the different motivational tactics. And when you look at the Petke era, you're talking about a piss and vinegar 1970s style. I'm going to kick you in the backside until you do what I ask you to do, Coach. With Jesse Marsh, his motivation comes really from inspiration. He shows the players such confidence. And you have to look at Lloyd Sam as your prime example. Sam has been unleashed. He's allowed to go down the middle. He's playing on the left. He's playing on the right. He's giving. He's been really given free reign to, to control the offense in many ways. And that does so much to a person's confidence. And the way that he's performing, he's also become a captain for the club. Unofficial, of course, but a leader for the club out there, especially on the offensive end. And that's Jesse Marsh. That's his way of motivating players, believing in them, pushing them, and telling them that their potential is through the roof. And they wind up believing this stuff and playing out of their mind. Damian Perinell is another one. Matt Miazga is another. So, you know, it's motivational tactics as well on, on Marsh's part have been taking effect. And I think the fans are seeing that. The fans are seeing a different, more positive outlook for their club, no matter what happened this winter. It was, it was a war this winter, but the calm after the storm has been fantastic. John, we really, yeah, we really uh, we love your stuff, and we appreciate everything you do, and we really appreciate I'll, you calling in. It's a pleasure. I'll see you guys on May 10th or whatever that game is going to be called. Yes. <laughs> They're going to call it a Red Bull victory. Thanks so much, John. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> see you, Tom. Thank you. The number to talk to us live is 347-756-6276. I talked quick. Write it quick. Area code 917. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hi, Mark. This is Grant McCool from Maplewood, New Jersey. Maplewood! How you doing, Grant? It's great to hear from you. What do you want to talk about on Seeing Red tonight? Well, I just wanted to make a, a comment about the new style that the team um, has uh, deployed this season. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. And there was talk about Sasha Question being the main man, but it looks like Dax McCarty is the main man. Um, and I'm a little concerned because Dax uh, looks like he could um, burn himself out if he keeps up his rate of running and collecting the ball on every corner of the field. And so I just wanted to see what your guys, uh, what you guys take on that was. Nobody wants to talk about Dax. <laughs> I think I think Dan wants to talk about Dax. Oh. I always want to talk about Dax. Uh, he's he's a guy who wants to talk endlessly when we talk to him. Um, oh man! Uh, so, Grant, I, I think your point is an interesting one because you know Sasha was sort of sold as the the key difference maker, and and I think it's not that it's Dax that's been the the key man, but so much as it is that triangle midfield. Um, ben Bear had a great piece on the league site uh, with some some numbers yeah, about yeah. how that midfield is playing. And it's really not just Dax, and it's not just Sasha, but it's also Felipe, um, who, who's been fantastic as a pickup. So I think what, what you're probably seeing, and, and I've certainly observed it during some of the games too, is you know, Sasha is sort of the, the tip of the diamond behind Bradley with the, the uh, you know, Lloyd Sam and whoever from Grizzo is coming in on the left. And you know, it, that partnership still needs to develop. It's not like the Henri BWP partnership of last year where, you know, he knew how to run and Thierry knew how to play on the ball. You know, Sasha's sometimes not picking quite the right pass or he's not, you know, looping over and, and missing a play that, that Bradley's trying to give to him. So I think that'll come with time. I think he's shown uh, moments of, of good passing and, and smarts. I think he's just adjusting to a new team because it's been a long time since he's been in MLS and he, you know, they're all new teammates around him while you've got Bradley and Sam with a connection and, and Dax and Bradley with uh, Dax and uh, Lloyd with a connection. And, you know, a lot of these guys already know each other. 
Um, and Sasha's got to fit into the middle of all of that. Right. Well, thanks, Dan. I, well, I agree with you. And, and uh, you know, on Sunday, uh, Sasha Kleshin made uh, a great run to get down the, the right wing and crossover for Radulites for the shot that was brilliantly saved by uh, Panetta. You know, that was a, that was a great move by uh, by Kleshin to get um, BWP in. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's been. It's been a good start, and uh, thanks for all the work you're doing on the show. Keep it up. Grant, it's always Cheers, a pleasure. Grant. Talk to you soon. Before right. we bring in good our night. next – good night. Before we bring in our next call, I just want to mention two events that are happening next week. On Tuesday, May 5th at 6.30 at the Adidas store on Broadway and Houston Street, the full team will be doing their, their autograph signing. So definitely that's one to put on your calendar. The next night – Wednesday the 6th at Sweetwater Social, which is 643 Broadway and Bleecker Street, uh, America Scores New York, which is one of our favorite soccer charities. They work in Harlem and Washington Heights. They run free after-school soccer programming uh, for kids in public schools. They're having their Scores foosball tournament. It's $10 for every two-person team, and prizes include some Red Bulls tickets as well as some other teams' tickets. Uh, Again, that's Tuesday the 6th. Um, Drink specials until 9 o'clock from 7 to 9 o'clock at Sweetwater Social, 643 Broadway. We'll put it on our Facebook page. If you are listening to the show regularly and on Facebook and not currently following us on Facebook, we ask you to go find us at Seeing Red NY. We are ready for more callers now, uh, Trevor, and here is one, area code 918. Is it Conrad? You're on Seeing Red. Who's that? 908. 908. Thank uh, you. Sorry. Hello? Hello. This is Ethan, the, Hi, Cana- e- the crazy Canadian's brother. Okay, crazy Canadian's brother. What's your question? <laughs> uh, my question is, even though the season is so far successful, if a GP comes for what position and who? Oh, that's a great, Ooh. that is a fantastic question, Ethan. Dave, you, you. want to give a shot? Me gusta. Uh, I would look in, uh, let's see, this is this is a tough one. There's three areas that I look at the Red Bulls uh, that they would need reinforcements. Uh, at forward, once you lose Bradley Wright Phillips, it's kind of a steep fall off. You have to find somebody there, but a DP, I'm not sure. On the left-hand yeah. side, uh, what did you call them, uh, Dan Grizzo? I, I love the Grizzo. Grizzo. Yes, the Grizzo. The Grizzo. We're going to put that on a T-shirt. Grizzo is uh, is working out fine, but again, a DP could work there as well. And at fullback, look, guys, <clears throat> I know that Chris Duvall has been playing very, very well. Uh, I'm not sure how sustainable uh, his play will be throughout a season. Dave, are you there? Oh, I just fell off. I'm yeah, back. now you're back. Okay. I'm back. I, I think I started talking badly about, uh, or at least doubting the powers of Chris Duvall, and I got, I got kicked off the show. No, please continue. It, it's, <laughs> it's pretty bad. But uh, either way, I would look at those three positions. Uh, now, what players would be available? I, I, that is the, really the question. I would, out of those three positions, I would look for somebody on the left, uh, somebody who would compliment Lloyd Sam. Uh, somebody with a bit of breakout speed. Jesse Marsh is not the type to have two speedy wingers just attacking a defense and spreading them out. But having that option would be fantastic. I, I wouldn't give DP money to Bradley Wright Phillips' brother, but I would definitely consider bringing him on board. Uh, and, I think we should definitely give DP money to Paul Vernick's brother. How about that, though? I think that <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and all Ethan, crazy and, Canadians. Yes. And also another question. Very quick, about, Ethan. Well, about Wooly's coaching skills. How? Who? About Wooly's coaching skills? It's tough uh, to say because of the USL. Uh, well, uh, I'm not going to even go on this rant. Mark, please. Yeah, listen, when Woley was on the show, he talked about the notion that results, frankly, are not really um, what the, the club is, is after. I, I don't think this team is together in order to win a USL championship. The team is in the middle of the yeah. Eastern Conference. They've gotten all of five points out of six games, but don't make no mistake. The, this team is just to get players minutes and to bring uh, uh, academy players further along and get them a taste of what professional uh, soccer is like. And yes. so while I don't think anyone wants to see the team go, oh, in 24, and there are 24 games in a USL season. Um, 
uh, frankly, the, the, it's immaterial. I mean, it really just is. It's fine. Ethan, we got to go. We really appreciate you calling. And Paul, if you, you ha- so if you have a sister or a cousin or an uncle, <laughs> you know, they can call in too. Thank you so much, Ethan. Thank you. So let's talk on Seeing Red Live, 347-756-6276. Area code 908 again. Please tell me your last name isn't Vernick. <laughs> You're on Seeing Red. Who's this? Hi, I'm Kyle from Rutgers. How are you? Hey, Kyle. How are you? Thanks for calling in. What do you want to talk about Good, tonight? thanks. Um, this is sort of a different sort of question, but obviously the Red Bulls play tomorrow night, but so is the Champions League final. Do you okay. think any Red Bulls fans may not watch the Red Bulls game, just to put it bluntly? <laughs> do, I, do I think fans would rather say, that's okay, I'm going to watch this Continental final rather than go see my own team play live? Well, is just... That- I'm not saying if they should. Do you think some will? I think uh, – I, D- Dave, you think for sure? For I th- sure. You think for sure people are going to say this regular season game not so – I think people will be if – you've, if you've already made the decision that you're not going to Red Bull Arena tomorrow night for whatever reason, and we all know the reasons that getting in and out of Harrison may be challenging on a weeknight. Yeah. Maybe it's a school night, Kyle, right? Obviously, maybe got an early yeah. class. Um, yeah. Maybe – okay, maybe it's just not feasible to get there. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me there'd be people flipping back and forth. I think that's, I think that's fine, especially when in this day and age – you know, fans can view on different screens and have a multi-screen experience or follow on, yeah. you know, on social media. I wouldn't begrudge anyone if they wanted to turn their attention to just if Montreal can hold on. I, I, pl- I, I pledge to you there will be a multiple number of fans at the Big O tomorrow night than there will be at Red Bull Arena. Oh, I, I can all agree on that one. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, any other thoughts? I think there will be more fans at Red Bull Arena than people in the area who have Fox Sports too. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Dickinson, in, ladies and gentlemen. In standard def on Verizon Fios. Mm-hmm. Standard uh, def tell me about it. Kyle, any other thoughts before we let you go? Um, no, that's it. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, thank you so much for listening and thanks for calling in. It's 837. We're going to go until at least 9 o'clock at Seeing Red Live. Area code 551. I don't know where that is. You're on Seeing Red. Who's this? I'm assuming that's me. My name yes. is James. Hey, James. All where right. are you calling from? Hey, uh, Richfield Park. Excellent. Great. What do you want to talk about? All right, I just have uh, two uh, relatively short comments, and I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you uh, guys do what you could do best. Uh, first time calling in. Love the fact that the show is live. That's awesome. Um, first thing first. I love the way the team is performing. I do have one major concern. Um, the first touches. I feel like it was very sloppy uh, against the Galaxy. Uh, I mean, it was tight in the middle with Dax, but I feel like everybody else was kind of at a lower level when it came to the first touches, and it just looked really sloppy. I felt like there was no reason why we shouldn't have had more goals, especially in the second half uh, with the attacking, but just we were losing uh, possession just so quickly. And I just, I, you know, I, I was really getting frustrated in the seat, just sitting there. You know, I was talking to my friend. I'm like, you know, it just seems so sloppy, this game, but... You know, I guess that's a product of not having guys like Henri or Cahill anymore, but Dax in the middle was, was amazing. Um, second comment, I'm not going to pretend like I'm in the supporters group at all. I mean, I bought my season tickets close to the supporters groups just so I could hear the chants. I don't know if you guys touched on this earlier in the show, but I do not like how they cannot get on the same page with chants. <laughs> I can't stand it. Everybody in my section was, was saying the same thing. You know, it's like Guys, can we can we just can we just sing the same song? It's we love the team. Let's just oh. sing the same song. That's all we need uh, to do. They've added some Madonna tunes though. That's kind of cool, right? They did. They did. They did. They did. <laughs> but but yeah, I'll just uh, I'll hang up. I'll listen to your guys' comments on that. But I appreciate the show live, and thanks for taking my call. Hey, thank you so much for calling. We we really appreciate the call. I mean, Southward Unity is a theme that we've touched on for most of the six uh, years of this show. Um, I am always amazed when the Garden State Ultras stay on on cue for 30 or 40 minutes. When you have three uh, groups with three very different philosophies on how to support the team, um, I've often said that you know perhaps some of these uh, supporters groups should be in different parts of the stadium, completely different parts of the stadium, mm-hmm. in order that they can do their own thing and perhaps engage another part of the uh, another part of the crowd. I, I, for those of you that 
don't know, and uh, frankly, I, I know a lot of you longtime listeners know, I'm, I sit in 201 row one, immediately the first row above the South Ward. And when it's good, it's very, very good. And when it's bad, it's ridiculous. And so much is South Ward politics. Does anyone want to touch on the first point uh, that was made about bad first touches on Sunday? I, I can try and touch on it um, because I think if you look at the – I mean the stat sheet doesn't necessarily have quality first touch as a metric. But um, the Red Bulls definitely pinned back L.A. in, in ways that maybe weren't uh, readily apparent. They held about 62% of possession. Uh, they outpassed them 520 to 350. And uh, you know, I think the real issue was that neither team had a lot of – quality shooting chances. And so, you know, it, it would have been nice to get more goals, but LA has a good defense, you know. Omar yes, Gonzalez and AJ Delagarza have formed a nice partnership in the center. Um, so, it, you know, it was a lot of midfield battling, but um, in terms of interceptions and turnovers and all of that, New York uh, held the game very well. And give, yes. give Bruce Arena credit as well, yes. guys. I mean, he yes. really choked out the midfield in the first half, or at least tried to, and, and that was that's really key to beating back Jesse Marsh's high-tempo offense, in particular early in the match. Now, as, as the match waned, it was interesting to see L.A. get tired of defending and the Red Bulls having to kind of retool their offense uh, and replenish it with substitutions, which, again, Jesse Marsh has been great on the sub games this year. It's it's been eye opening, better than Baca and Petke before him, uh, and and the team seems re energized with each change. So in, in those instances as well, you have to look at the entire thing. It's not just that you're getting a beautiful ball passed to you and you're magically going to have a great touch. If you're being pressured on the ball, if LA is doing their job the way they should be and they were doing it, mm-hmm. you are not necessarily going to have necessarily going to have the comfort or concentration to get that proper first touch. That is the job of the, the LA defense. They did it well. This is why the game ended in a one-one draw. And credit Bruce Arena for coming up with that battle plan. Yeah, I mean, LA obviously you, you don't win three out of the last four MLS Cups without being a very very tough out and. Yep. Look for other teams to follow that Bruce Arena blueprint in terms of trying to stifle New York's uh, high press and in order to to beat them. Of course, scoring a goal early in the eighth minute, I believe it was, will certainly help set you up and allow you to defend. So um, so thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate it. Lots of time to go here on Seeing Red, 347-756-6276. On the Twitter, Greg Gomez wants to know, who are your bull and cow for Sunday? And what are your predictions for tomorrow? I'll give you a minute to think about it. I actually, I'm going to do the second question first. Um, Colorado is a very interesting team. Um, They win 18 games without winning a match, which is very, very hard to do in any sort of professional endeavor to fail just that much. Um, they they started the season scoreless in four matches. They're one, two, and four on the season. They haven't conceded a goal on the road yet in three matches on the road. And they haven't lost on the road either. Very strange. We have a caller, and then we'll get back to predictions of Bull and Cow. Area code 646, you're on Seeing Red. Who's this? Good evening, gentlemen. This is Gary Redman. How are you? I'm Gary Redman. How are you? Yes. Gary, you're the fourth member of Voltron right now. What do you want to talk about? Well... This is a question I wanted to ask specifically to you three, since you basically represent the media contingent of all of us supporters here in Red Bull football land. And this is specifically the temperature in regards to, well, the general media. And my question is this, specifically to Dan Dickerson. How does the media view the team and MLS in general? I have make comments on, of course, on our group page that there is a lot to like about MLS and there is a lot to despise about MLS. So I just wanted to hear it from you three in particular. Um, what's the temperature now? now that the team is playing well? Uh, the league is somewhat reluctantly taking notice now because it's not the star attraction that, the, that everyone's taking a look at. It's us across the river. And, of course, leading up to the big Derby match on May 10th. What do you see? What, do you, what have you heard? Um, so, gentlemen, have at it. Boy, that's a... It's quite a preamble. Yeah. I dig um, it, though. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me address 
the non-Red Bull part of that first, Gary. Um, you know, the, the general temperature read about MLS has been very interesting for me this year because I think you're seeing more and more members of the media um, being willing to sort of challenge the ridiculousness that, that goes on around the league that so many of us have just internalized over the years. And I'm not just talking media, I'm talking fans too. Um, you know, you look uh, yesterday on social media when the, the whole goalkeeper thing for the uh, Montreal was happening. And, and yeah, you've got guys like Taylor Twellman and Tony Miola and, oh, uh, boy. <laughs> and, and, you know, just firing shots at the league about like, oh, you know, where did they get all this money? What's going on? And, and it's just, it's, it feels a little different, especially, and it may have been just how the CBA negotiations broke out because I think a lot of people, you know, saw the sponsorship announcements come out around the same time and all the rest of this stuff. And, you know, I think, I think if the league is going to hit Don Garber's stated goal of top, you know one of the top leagues by 2022, they they got to get better about this transparency stuff immediately. Specific to the Red Bulls, you know, it, it's I think it's been a little bit more sustained. Generally, the first the home opener, you know, you get a good media crowd regardless. Um, but I, I've gotten a little bit of a sense that it's sustained uh, this year because of the form. A few faces I didn't expect to see uh, for the LA game that were out uh, from from outlets around the city. Uh, it's not to say that the, you know the press box is full and rocking and you can't get a question in, um, but it, it's it's a little better than what I recall most uh, April's being. Dave, uh, you're in there. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'm in there sometimes. Um, it's been it's, <laughs> you're you're in here sometimes too, but I know I'm, I'm, I seem to be everywhere sometimes. I, I think I'm stretching myself a bit too thin. Uh, all fair points by by Dan, and I agree with him. You know, for the early season, it's really interesting that the faces that we've seen in the press box more so than the numbers of people that have been there. And I have to applaud. You know, I'm, I'm so glad that Dan brought their names up, but I have to applaud people like Taylor Twelman, Alexi Lalas. Tony Miola, who are really founding fathers of, of this new age of soccer that we're all living and loving through. All uh, guests on Seeing Red. All guests on Seeing Red, and they are setting a tone. They're challenging uh, the league. Right. They're, they're, they're really encouraging media not to be afraid. You know, one of the things that I love about what I do with Empire of Soccer is I'm bringing on these new writers. And without fail, when I'm bringing on new writers and teaching them the ropes, one of their questions will always be, well, how far do I push a story? Do I don't want to piss anybody off. I don't want to get anybody angry. You know, your job as a journalist is to report on what you see in a fair manner, which is at times challenging for folks. And they're always scared that, well, if you say the wrong thing, are you, is your credential going to go out the window? No, because that's what media is all about. You have to be able to go out there and report fairly. Uh, Twelman doing what he does with his rumors on Twitter, Miola and Lalas being as outspoken as they are, they're setting the right tone from a very high level and showing everybody, hey, you're not going to get in trouble with anybody. You go out there and do what you have to do. Uh, report on the league fairly, and part of the reason that they do it is because this is what we love as fans as well. Fans love to read about the rumors, read about what's going on behind the scenes. For years, that really wasn't happening. You had your one or two outlets. Right. I got to credit, got to credit Ivis, got to credit Steve Goff, who really have been doing it for years. But away from them, it was it's nobody. And over the past ten years, you see outlets challenging more writers coming out through the blue you know jonathan tannenwald and so many others um that that's where you want the sport to be you want a, a maturity not only on the field but in the way the game is covered and the way that it's consumed by the fan base so i think it's been wonderful for the red bulls for nycfc for everybody you mean do I, not do i do not i get exactly to answer the question like pieces like from nick chavez but look, this is what, this is another aspect of, of media that's important, you know, getting the fan voices, getting the story on the street, getting the strong opinions from people that are invested in the game. I've been doing it for years and absolutely, I know, I know. absolutely Nick has been uh, rubbing people uh, kind of funny with his article, but Hey, he's got a voice for it and, uh, and he's strong on the topic so why not i'm open to anybody on the site who's uh who's vibrant who knows exactly uh what the temperature as you say of the fan base is to go out there and spread their opinions and have people have people go at it i love the football factory says you know hold your ground or stand your ground i i love that that right. is that that's what it should be about gary we appreciate your call as always and i know uh we know we'll see it at rebel arena before too long gary thanks so much for calling 
Gentlemen, good night. Thank you for all you do. Oh, you're too kind. You know, Taylor Twellman asked Mike Pecky why he was coming to the media now. But Red Bull fans and Seeing Red fans know that we had Petke first. Area code 914, you're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, guys. It's Rob from Westchester. Hello, uh, Rob. Did I give Mark your number Ru- slowly enough? I would, that was my very first comment. Is a good job reading out the number. It's much improved over last year. Thank uh, you. My goal is to one, one quick comment and one uh, question to follow up on the guy asking about uh, you know getting the South Ward to sing together. Um, we've tried. It's getting better. Um, the, the best thing, and, and all three groups will say this, if you want it to get better, come and join us. You know, we're not evil people. Come jump in. The water's warm. Um, everything gets better as uh, more people come in. New people are the lifeblood of change. Before, so, before, you, before you continue, Rob, I, I have to yeah. say I did, I did not agree with that caller. I think that it's actually been a lot more vibrant, and I'm really digging the new song list, man. It's, it's, it's speaking to me, so uh, I, I like what's going on in the South Ward this year. By the way, what happened with, y, uh, with YSA? I can't say the words, but YSA. YSA, yeah. All of a sudden, we have a TV say, we have a TV I, I, I can officially say um, I, I have joined the ex-executive club with uh, both Tim and Corey, so uh, I'm happy <laughs> to say that's no longer my problem. But it's Hack out. It's not even, a out. not even a problem anymore. You have your TV contract. No one's saying a peep. YSA is back. It's ugh, politics. Continue. Um, yeah, no, it's it, the, the YSA. It all depends on, on which side of the camp you're on. Uh, I can definitely say that uh, the, the people that are involved and, and know what they're doing are trying to kill it again, uh, trying to make sure it doesn't come back up. Not because of the FO, but because, quite frankly, it's stupid, and we're better than that. Um, so they're they're trying to work on that. But that I do have to actually follow up on the dealing with the FO. A, a question: We've actually, you know, obviously started the year a lot better than anyone could have expected. Um, Jesse seems to have the team going in a good direction. But if you're going to give Jesse credit, then you have to give Ali credit for hiring him. And if you have to give Ali credit for hiring him, <laughs> you have to give the Grand Prix credit for hiring him. Yes. So, but he's right. The question becomes, given how badly <laughs> the Grand Prix screwed up the last time, how long do we have to give them before they've earned the benefit of a doubt when they do screw up? And do you think they can ever be forgiven for how they handled the Petke thing and screwing up in the past? If I may, gentlemen. Uh, well, it's certainly longer than six games. I'll, I'll tell you that much, right? Uh, obviously, um, when thinking about screwing up in the past, if you're referring to Marta Grand Prix letting Bruce Arena go, there's amongst other things. okay, amongst other things. I I, I think um, everything that we've seen since uh, Marta Grand Prix has returned to the club has just about. Uh, been as positive as can be, right? We we see nods for those that are that care about it to the metro history of the club in many different ways, right? Whether it was Gary Redmond's themed banners in the corners of the stadium last year, whether it's the three black stripes on the inside of the shirt, whether it's uh, you know graphical changes around the arena, whether it's simply being open to listening, whether it's having that town hall. I mean. Could you imagine? They knew the kind of response they were going to get, and they did it anyway. And you have to give them a ton of credit. In regards to the Petke situation, frankly, when you listen to the players, the players, as we've said, have bought in exclusively to Jesse Marsh's system. They love what they're seeing from him. We heard Sasha say it on the show. We heard Dak say it on the show. We're going to have more players certainly here on Seeing Red over the course of the year. They'll give their impressions of what they've seen. They're connecting the academy to the first team through the USL team and through uh, other means. So is there a timer where at some point we say you know what he's out of the penalty box i think everybody has to make their own decision about that but the wins have been great and the and the and the start of the season has been terrific but there definitely is a foundation being laid here for the future, whether that future involves Ali and Marta Grandpre or not, and you can't argue that it isn't a very positive one. Anyone else want to throw in? 
it's tough to talk about when you can actually put a timetable on criticizing an administration. You really don't know how bad the screw-ups are going to be or if there are going to be any to begin with. And I think that's also part of the conversation, right? As of right now, there have been it's been a successful uh, start to their to their uh, to their management to Ali Curtis to Jesse Marsh leading this group um there have been the sexiest moves in the world to draw fans uh once the summer window hits and we see where the team is at at, at mid-season and how Marsh manages them through 90 degree heat into the vital months of September yep. that's going to be one barometer the other barometer will be on Ali Curtis who are you going to bring in Clearly, the team is doing well right now, but they do lack depth in, in plenty of areas, and they can get upgrades in others. I, I talked about it earlier. Striker, left wing, fullback, all these areas could be addressed. And once we get to know this administration a little bit more, we'll be able to criticize them and, and understand where they're coming from when they need to be criticized. But as of right now, I think it's safe. And I said it in, uh, in the solo show I did uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think it's safe for Red Bull fans to breathe a little bit and say, you know what? The, the Petke firing was painful. The way it was handled was rough. Uh, the way it, 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 uh, it was presented to fans was even worse. Uh, but as of right now, when the games really what fans are here for is for, the, is for the matches, for the games, for the results, and they've all been positive. We're one match away from going two months undefeated. Who would have yep. expected that coming Nobody. out of this winter? So it's safe for Red Bull fans to say, you know what? This team right now, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for abandoning ship a few months ago, but as of right now, there really is no reason. It's vibrant. It's exciting. They're honoring the past. They're bringing in past legends. They're they're even hiring past uh, beloved players like Dane Richards on the side. They're doing a lot of little things right. So why not? Why not just give the side a chance and see where they go? Rob, thanks so much for the call. We really appreciate it. He's already oh, gone. He's already I'm gone. Hack is out. Hack is out. Area code 609. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Uh, this is Aiden. Hi, Aiden. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to know, um, what, do you think we'll see some uh, squad rotations? What What do you mean in terms of rotations? You mean given the fact that the team has two games now coming up in the next few days, what other players might play? Yes, like uh, maybe we might see like Miller go instead of Lawrence. Yep. Yep. I think that's great. Guys, uh, there's, there was a report earlier this week that uh, Zubar may be out for a considerably long time. Do you, either of you have an update on that? Not as of the moment, but uh, if he is out for now, it's going to put the onus right back on Matt Miazga. Uh, I'm not as sold as most people in the media with, uh, with, with Miazga right now. He's a fantastic talent, don't get me wrong, and he has a huge ceiling, but I want to see him tested over the course of a season. If Zubar is gone and he was sold to us as the next version of Jaime Sinalave, uh, you need to find that next version of Jaime Sinalave <laughs> as soon as possible. Uh, Damien Perinelle has been great. He's been playing outstanding as a veteran. You think you would be more apt to thinking that he'd be able to keep that level over time. Uh, but as, uh, as Aiden is saying, at this point, uh, the Red Bulls are going to have to make do with what they have. Miazga is going to have to play extra minutes. Um, on the fullback end, you're going to see Roy Miller on Wednesday. I'm pretty sure of it at this point. Uh, Salzizo will take a rest and Grella will be in there. That's going to be a constant rotation. Lloyd Sam is up for contention, but do you want to run him into the ground this early in the season, especially with your high-tempo offense? So yeah, there's going to be some, some movement in the roster, rotation in the roster and uh, once they get out of this stretch you're going to start seeing once again the very predictable 11 that, that Marsh has been marching out Ethan how old are you? Uh, I'm 12 thank My you man. So, thank you so much for calling and we really appreciate it alright have a good night alright thank you thank you you too yep we, we like to be young here on the scene red folks let me tell you Guys, let me tell you, it's uh, it's great, great, great to have you on. We're going to take calls for another few minutes as long as the calls continue to come in. We will take them, 347-756-6276. Before we bring in another call, Dave, Dan, do you have thoughts on uh, on tomorrow night's event? Uh, you know, it, it would be very easy to try and call this a uh, you know trap match because Colorado's been so, so terrible as of late. Um, but I really don't see them getting anything done. Um, they've got an uh, in-conference match against L.A. on Saturday or Sunday. So, you know, they're going to be worried about squad rotation, too. I think they're, they're much more concerned about 
in-conference points than out-of-conference. So um, I, I'm going to call it a result for the Red Bulls. I don't necessarily know if I'm going to call it a win, but uh, they, I don't think they're going to lose. I think this Red Bull team mentally is also different from past teams where they may have looked past opponents. At this point, the Red Bulls are still pretty angry that people have been, uh, to a player, that they have been overlooked and they are performing out of their minds partially because of that. So I would expect the Red Bull win tomorrow. And just to get back to a previous question, a previous caller, uh, Bull was uh, Lloyd Sam for me uh, against LA. I think Lloyd was fantastic. Uh, Cal, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Mark will have to help me with that one. Well, and I did not. I did not watch the match live. I think you have to give it for Duval, although Jameson obviously is a terrific talent. Area code seven three two. You're on Seeing Red Live. Who's this? Hey, what's up, fellas? This is Joe Camelli on Jersey. Hey, Joe. We're really glad that you're not in middle school, and we're happy that you called us. What do you it's, want to talk it's about? It's after nine o'clock, Mark. Everybody's gone to bed. Uh, my That's actually why I called uh, after the last twelve-year-old call. I figured you guys knew something <laughs> What do you want to talk about tonight? Um, I just want to say thanks for doing the live show again. Really enjoy. It. Um, I just wanted to comment about the ceremonies that they've been doing before every home match. Um, the best uh, twenty. I, I really like them. I was just thinking the last game. Uh, it it kind of sucked for on hell. I mean, there wasn't that many people there. Uh, he really deserved better than that. Uh, yep. So I was just wondering what you guys thought about it. I was a little embarrassed, to be honest. Um, I thought maybe it would be a little better if they did it at halftime. So if you guys want to talk about yeah. that. And then uh, what do you think is going to happen when it's Petkey's turn? And are they going to leave him last? I, I think halftime would be a great idea. I, I agree the stadium was a little empty. You know, the South Ward was nice with the chanting and everything, but um, it, it was definitely – not the the environment you would hope for an honor like they were bestowing on JPA. Um, in terms of, of Petkey coming in, I don't think they're going to leave that for last. Um, I, I'm actually curious how they're going to break them all out because if they're honoring 20 players across 17 games, uh, they're, they're going to have to double a couple people up. But I, I it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I mean, Mike was back in the building with ESPN on Sunday, so clearly he still remembers how to get there. <laughs> He he does, and uh, again, I haven't spoken to the man personally, but I, I do know that he was there for the appearance and, and left about a minute or two after the second half began. So, you know, just judging off of body language, knowing Mike, knowing the emotional state that he's always in, uh, I, I think that it's going to take a little healing also. You know, it wasn't necessarily the cleanest breakup, uh, and Mike left as undoubtedly one of the most, if not the most successful New York Red Bull coach of all time. You could say whatever you want about him, but the stats don't lie. That is his legacy. Uh, there is going to have to be some mending of fences. And, uh, you know, again, knowing Mike, knowing how emotionally driven he is, it's going to take a little bit more than, uh, than a few months' time for him to cool down, to, uh, to regroup, recollect, and be able to forgive and forget. However, knowing Mike as well, uh, he loves the fans. So he will absolutely eat his pride in order to be there in front of the masses and uh, and give them what they deserve as well. He'll turn it around and say, well, you know, this is an honor for me, but I'm doing it for all of you. That's, that's going to be Petke. And if I can put a bow on this just in terms of the uh, Juan Pablo Angel um, ceremony, the team has to know that people don't get into their seats till the 20th minute. They just don't. There have been a few times where the team has pushed very hard through their communications channels to incent people to get into the building and get butts in seats, whether it's a fireworks show, whether it's a special. If you recall last year, they said, oh, there's a special message. Please come into the stadium. That's where they unleash those or unwrap those uh, as long as we're breathing banners. Then then you had that video played from Petke and the team where you have playoff push or really excited. They didn't do that this particular time. I, I think the bigger question should be, why can't fans seem to get into the stadium on time? And it's, 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 we're in our sixth year of this. They had no problem getting their seats on time during the MLS All-Star game. I assure you they'll have no problem getting their seats on time when Chelsea or Porto come to play, or PSG plays Fiorentina in the Champions Cup. It's just something that uh, is part of the culture around this team, so it's something that needs to be solved. But listen, thank you so much um, for the call. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Keep up the good work. 
Great. Thank you. We'll take one last call. Seeing Red Live Overtime. It's area code 908. Who's, who's on Seeing Red? Rebecca. Yes. <laughs> Hi. Who, who is this? Rebecca. Oh, cool. Well, give us, give us, give us your thoughts. What do you think about the team? Um, who on the team, which player deserves more opportunities? I will defer to Connor Laid. He's possibly, he's possibly the same height as you, and he works really, really hard. See, if you work hard in life, my friend, you're going to go places. And Connor Laid, though small, has a big heart, and he has plenty of potential to burst into a lineup and make a difference for this New York Red Bull team. Listen, I know it's really late, so it's time to uh, say goodnight, but thank you for calling. The Brennick Oscar community is living. Yep. Okay. Thank you very much. We really appreciate the call. Oh, my goodness. We have one more caller <laughs> that hopefully can drive or... And they dropped. Okay. Wow. Uh, if you're calling the next 30 seconds, I guarantee you'll get on Seeing Red Live. I'll, I'll, I'll save a few of our listeners a call. Uh, big shout out to the Brook Hatton boys for winning 2-1 tonight. Yay. Yay. That, um, that was something I didn't expect was going to happen. Listen, uh, we really appreciate you guys calling in. We really appreciate appreciate you listening um oh my god isaac with the, with said that just oh my, oh my god rebecca lowe just called into seeing red <laughs> that was uh that was really fantastic um we will be back next week not only to recap the colorado match but also the new england match uh please follow us on the twitter at seeing red ny on facebook uh you can listen of course at backheel.com on itunes and on stitcher and uh for more of the five thousand fans that were listening to live tonight on seeing red uh, they were for, all the vernick family yes the, all the vernicks uh even in the old country they were listening uh, as well <laughs> for dave and dan thank you so much for listening to seeing red live we'll be back next week good night everybody this has been seeing red the new york soccer roundup on backheel.com Listen anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, and seeingredny.com.